These are discussions surrounding the property and casualty insurance marketplace and specifically the challenges and hurdles that insurers, insureds, brokers, and agents are facing and what we need to do to stay ahead. Let's get into it. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Risk Channels Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Zettel. Um, I know it's been a while since we brought you some content, and that being said, I want to make sure that we're on top of this and we bring you some good stuff. So um, notwithstanding the fact that it's been a while, we're going to touch upon something that I think is extremely important, and that in particular is EPLI, or Employment Practices Liability Coverage. Um, We're going to go into detail specifically about, I'll call it a basic definition of coverage, some coverage elements beyond that basic definition that you can add by endorsement. Um, And then we'll wrap it up with some statistics at the end there. But um, I I think, again, it's very important given the recent deadline for those of you that are located in New York that own businesses or procure the coverage. Um, New York State obviously had a deadline on October 9th, and those of you that are our customers here at ASZ, um, we sent out quite a few pieces of literature basically outlining the deadlines. Um, Specifically, October 9th of 2018, the deadline for the New York State regulation was to have a sexual harassment or harassment policy in place and distributed amongst your employees. in conjunction with that next October 9th, so October 9th of 2019, um, you are required, if you're a New York State employer, to have um, all your, your all of your employees to conduct or uh, take part in a sexual harassment or harassment training, whether that be web-based or you have somebody come in. But my suggestion to you on that is, you know, go to the New York State website. We'll have it posted here um, on the uh, podcast channel as well as on our website. But go to that website for New York State, and they have a lot of valuable resources there, specifically templated policies and complaint forms, along with all the deadlines. So you know what you need to do in order to um, comply with this regulation. Um, I, my guess is a lot of people weren't aware of it, or if they were, they just don't realize how uh, important it is or how severe it is to make sure that you comply with it, not only because of the regulation, but because of the coverage itself um, or the policy requirements itself. I mean, it's good to have things like that in your employee handbook, so on and so forth. Now, in tandem with that, obviously having an EPLI policy would be good, um, would be a plus, would probably be the best way to protect yourself. But my suggestion would be, obviously, go to the New York State site, read up on the regulation, get all your ducks in a row um, in conjunction with talking with your agent. You could always contact us here um, at ASZ, and they can or we can help you uh, with the facilitation of coverage and guide you through those regulations. So let's start off with what EPLI is, or Employment Practices Liability specifically. So as a general definition, EPLI would cover losses that would not be covered by your GL policy, or for that matter, other liability or casualty policies, um, specific to wrongful termination, discrimination, sexual harassment, hostile work environment, and then I'll say by endorsement, in some cases, wage and hour disputes. Now, that is a very, very big topic, wage and hour, because the way a lot of these carriers, or I should say the majority of carriers, if not all, are handling that is done by endorsement, 
It is specifically carved out of the definition um, in the standard form, and then it is carved back in by endorsement specifically for defense costs at a sublimit. Um, so we'll touch upon that in a little bit, but why would you need EPLI coverage in particular when you're a business entity? Well, to start, um, EPLI claims have been on the rise. I mean, just for statistical standpoints, um, in 2015 alone, EEOC or the EEOC listed over 161,000 complaints. Um, the majority of these complaints, which roughly equates to about 40% of all claims, involved firms specifically with less than 50 employees. And why that is an important stat, um, a lot of the times when you're a small business, you outsource your um, um, services um, internally to, to vendors. So, for example, um, you know, obviously I'm not an IT guy, so what I do here is, or what we do here is, we outsource it to a third party. We have an IT guy come in with his team, and any of the IT-related services that we need, computer hookups, network fixes, whatever it may be, while they're here on premise, we can't control their employees' actions and how they interact with our staff. Um, so that obviously opens up the door to, since you can't control them or you, you can only control them to a certain extent, that opens up the door for the potential of an employee to make that allegation that they were um, harassed by now this outside party or outside vendor. Forget about your own staff, but this outside party and vendor. Now, that could be covered under an EPLI policy if you include, which most do, if your broker is um, diligent in making sure the procurement of coverage includes that third-party coverage. Um, again, outsourced vendors, mostly on the small business side, so that's why those stats become important. Again, specifically to the small business, although it does apply to the larger entities or major corporations as well, the average... EPLI defense costs. So the defense costs alone, on average, are $125,000. Now, as a small business owner, you can relate to $125,000 having to defend yourself, irrespective of merit, irrespective of whether it is a substantiated claim or allegation or not. The fact is that, on average, the employer is going to have to pay out $125,000 just to defend themselves. So taking that number, I mean, 125000 is a good chunk of change, whether it's an established business long-term, but again, small, or for that matter, a new startup um, that has employees. So where the EPLI becomes very, very um, important in conjunction with your own um, internal controls and policies is it will provide you, um, outside of the retention, your defense Obviously, the carrier will assign counsel. In some cases, you might even have the availability to bring on your own counsel if you um, can negotiate that with the carrier. But nonetheless, you, outside of your retention, will have the defense um, costs that are incurred, paid for by the carrier, and they will help negotiate. And you obviously are engaged in the process throughout. But again, 125000 on average. I mean, that doesn't mean each one's going to cost 125000 but you know, if it's an average, it's there for a reason. Obviously, there can be way more than that and then substantially less, but why even take the chance? Now, taking it back a step, um, you know, we made the mention of third-party coverage and how it will 
you know, essentially provide coverage for how your vendors um, act around your employees or allegations that your employees were harassed by your vendors. The other piece to it is, which I think is very important, we can talk about how they the EPLI allegations or claims could even start at the new hire phase or the application phase. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're looking to interview a prospective employee um, and you opt not to hire them. That individual could allege it's some sort of discrimination based on you not hiring them. And obviously, they're not your employee at that point. So another useful place where this EPLI coverage um, could be triggered would be, I'll call it, in the interview and application stage. Now, obviously, you can turn around and um, hire somebody and later fire them due to poor attendance, and that employee then can turn around and you know, alleged wrongful termination. So yet another example, I mean, again, folks, these are very, very straightforward examples that every employer or every small business or business for that matter goes through on a daily basis that obviously can very simply lead to some kind of allegation where this coverage would be extremely useful. So in that, we also have um, a couple of ideas for you to consider um, when assessing your EPLI risk. So first and foremost, and, and we'll go through these, these are, I'll call it nine of them that we turn around and, you know, cite that we feel can help you a little bit in developing um, your defenses for the potential allegation um, or mitigating them or minimizing them. Um, so first and foremost, you want to review your potential loss exposures with your agent or broker and ensure that you're purchasing an adequate EPLI policy, and by adequate, I mean limits, terms, and conditions specifically. You want to make sure you have that third party. You want to make sure that, granted, it's only a sublimit, but you have that wage and hour coverage because that's a big chunk of the allegations that are made today. And by wage and hour, I mean um, FSLA claims such as... Um, I worked through my or I worked overtime and I wasn't paid properly. I worked through my lunch. I wasn't paid for it. Um, you know, I I I, um, I came in early. I left late. So on and so forth. And I wasn't paid properly for that. So that that's obviously a big piece. Number two, you should really develop an employee handbook detailing your company's workplace policies and procedures, um, outlining you know attendance. You know, how you discipline employees when allegations are made and how you handle complaints, so on and so forth. Again, very important in this is you should have an at-will statement that that the employment's at-will and you are an equal employment opportunity company. Um, This kind of works in tandem with, again, New York State regulation, and I know other states have regulations similar to this. But having that policy in place will obviously put you in compliance with New York State in particular, as well as just in general having this as a good starting ground or a mechanism for defense purposes if allegations are ever brought against you. You want to make sure, as number three, I'm sorry, you want to make sure that you have a job description for each position that clearly defines the expectations, required skills, and expected expected performance of said job description for each position. Um, In conjunction with the job description, once you hire that individual, you want to also confirm that you conduct or you want to make sure you conduct periodic performance reviews for all employees. And you want to actually make sure you note their file 
um, accordingly. And in my previous experiences, not only do you note their file, but a lot of the time those performance reviews are supplied back to the employee for their review and hypothetically they can dispute, refute, um, provide rebuttals, or quite frankly agree, which all goes into the documentation of their employment file. So another good topic or piece of information there. You want to make sure you develop a screening and hiring program so this way you can weed out unsuitable candidates um, before even bringing it into the interview stage, which again will keep you from any potential allegations of discrimination if you do not hire a specific candidate. Um, you should always make sure that in the interview process that you do use an employment application. It should again contain an equal employment opportunity statement and um, should specifically state that if they are um, offered a position or hired that it is in an at-will um, employment you also want to make sure that you conduct background checks on all possible candidates. Very important. You want to know what their background is, what their history is. Now, obviously, there are disclaimers that go into that application for, I'll call it, references and so on and so forth. You can hire firms to do complete background checks. And as a matter of fact, I it's my understanding that um, when procuring EPLI policies, they turn around and they provide you... Um, in most cases, no cost associated for online tools and or um, use of certain services and then other services such as background services um, where you can um, essentially do a background check and workers' comp claim checks and things of that nature. There's a reduced or discounted um, cost associated with it by purchasing an EPLI policy. Um, very important as part of your, I'll call it, harassment policy, which you can, again, embed into your employee handbook or have a separate in uh, harassment policy, you want to make sure you institute a zero policy or a zero tolerance policy as it pertains to discrimination, substance abuse, um, or any form of harassment. Um, you want to make sure that it's specifically defined that you have an open-door policy where any employee that feels like they have had issues um, can report it without any sense of fear or um, retaliation by that um, accused employee or vendor. And last and most importantly, because again, it all comes back down to documentation, you want to have an effective record-keeping system to document employee issues as they arise and what you as the company did to resolve those issues. Very, very important because, again, it goes back to documenting the file, A, to show you're engaged, you have an open-door policy. When you get those complaints, you take them seriously, and then it will show what you as an organization have done to remediate or remedy these um, complaints or allegations, which shows proactiveness. Um, and again, an employee can't say that they worked in a hostile work environment if you've documented periodically in your performance reviews and they turn around and have agreed that everything is, you know, a-okay. Um, and, and, you know, then all of a sudden an issue arises and that you didn't handle it when your documentation further goes on to show that you did and you followed all the regulation and guidelines as of such. 
So I, I think something to note, which, you know, as we're getting down to the tail end here, because we, we don't like to go for too long on these podcasts, is, you know, what's what's the cost of insuring your um, business for EPLI? And there are various factors that go to, into it. And some of the ones that are weighed more heavily are things such as the number of um, people that you employ whether you've had prior suits logged against your company. Uh, obviously, employee turnover is very important. And the other piece, which again, goes back to what we had discussed earlier, do you have an established um, practice or um, handbook or plan rules in place for situations like this when they arise? So obviously, those are the most key when an underwriter gets that application in and they're looking to price these out for the um, specific entity that they're reviewing the application for. Um, key here is EPLI is usually written on a claims-made basis. I can personally say I've never seen it written on an occurrence basis. Um, very simply, um, a claims-made policy, the claim has to occur during the coverage period, um, not five years later when you purchase the coverage but the actual allegations of the incident date were you know five years prior and there was no policy in place um now i want to make sure that people that have procured epli and have opted not to go with it after a certain amount of years understands that obviously if the claim is not brought during that policy period um and the coverage la uh, lapses i'll call it essentially that again, it's like the coverage didn't exist if that claim comes in later on because if you didn't purchase the ERP or extended reporting period coverage, essentially it's like the coverage is null and void. It's no longer in effect, even if the allegation happened during the coverage period. So very important that once you procure this coverage, um, you procure it on um, a, a consistent renewal basis and you keep it in effect. Um, one thing that I will say is you can very often procure the coverage if you have the right, again, going back to the underwriting guidelines we spoke about earlier, if you have the right procedures in place without a prior or pending date or, for that matter, prior acts exclusion. So that's something else to look into. Um, again, I would suggest, especially for those that are located in New York, to review the New York Labor Department website specifically as it pertains to the regulations because you do have to comply with the different deadlines there um, and the different requirements there. But in tandem to that, procuring an EPLI policy could help um, you substantiate the allegations or, or providing you monetary defense and uh, against anything that might violate those policies by one employee to another or from one employee to another or for that matter, an outside hired vendor to an employee. Um, folks, truly, truly um, apologize for the delay in getting this podcast out to you. But on a going forward basis, you will definitely be hearing from us once a week. Um, what we'll also be doing is if you visit our um, affiliated agency website, again, A like Apple, S like Sam, Z like Zebra, international.com, on the main homepage there, we will be displaying a topic um, along with a video of the week. And the podcast will coincide with that video. 
And then obviously you can check us out at riskchannels.com and get a lot of the content that's in these podcasts as well as the reference points and um, other elements specific to the podcast at that location as well. Um, We appreciate your tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, folks. Thank you.